and the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Guys, like we do once a week, you know, uh, we do like to break down the film, we do like to uh, talk about the PFF scores, and uh, hopefully we're going to be able to get him here on a regular basis. Look, guys, I'm trying to put together a regular schedule for you, but look, we all have lives at the end of the day. We have work at the end of the day. We have kids at the end of the day. But from Pro Football Focus, John Costco joining us here this evening. John, how is everything going, bud? It's going well. You know, the uh, we're get, getting into the thick of the season. We got Baker Mayfield time, and uh, after 635 days, things are, things are looking well. <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, and that was the thing. And, and first things first, the one thing I've noticed, and you know, like I talked to some of the other hosts that locked on, I see the numbers they're doing, and you know we get our weekly email for everybody. Ah, da, da. I'm like, hey guys, any tips you got? And uh, you know whether it was uh, Peter Bukowski from the Green Bay Packers or some other guys. Well, if Baker Mayfield was playing and you guys were winning, it would probably help. And I will tell you right now, the 24-hour period from the final gun Thursday night, and we you know we always try, we always do a post game. So even though if it was late and we were tired, and you know maybe maybe some libations involved, but uh. To all my lockdown um, listener, uh, listeners, downloaders, subscribers, guys, there's a lot more of you now. Everybody seems to be flocking here. You guys are pushing the show. I appreciate you guys so much for that. And look, you know, it's like I said when I started this over a year ago. Let's set the bar higher. There's no more. You don't want to be the jokes of you know the NFL anymore. And if you guys saw on Saturday, what were the jokes? Uh, could the Alabama Crimson Tide beat the Buffalo Bills? Well, maybe the Bills saw those couple of tweets because they went out Sunday and put it together a monster effort. But, uh, look, it's nice to not have your team be that punchline of every joke that everybody wants to throw out. Since you brought up the man of the hour, and you know a lot of us, we, we joked, and, John, I know you were on during the draft period, whatever quarterback ended up being the guy for the Browns, if he could find a way to right this ship, uh, he maybe would have a statue by Halloween. But look, Baker Mayfield, as as impressive as it was on the field, you know, you guys obviously, you know, the the toughest graders in the business, and he came out with a really really solid score. But this game was, it was Novocaine. It was slow. It was lagging. It was nothing to it. Number six took that field, and this thing just went time warp speed, and he you just it was obvious how he went one overall. And he was just doing things, you know, David Njoku finally getting in for some chunk plays. Jarvis Landry, a lot of stuff between the hashes, but go ahead, John. Yeah, I mean, you just, you take the whole situation into consideration. You know, I mean, obviously he, he if anybody had followed at PFF, he graded out as the best rookie debut we've ever seen in the PFF era. Um, you know, and that includes when Carson wins. You know his first game against the Browns. He was he was awesome in that game. He he edged him out by point uh, one in our in our grades. Um, and, but the thing is, like the weight, like just how it happened. You know, and I, I mean, you literally and figuratively took that team, the city, the fans in that stadium, all of Browns Nation on his back and carried them to victory. I mean, just because you know you're looking at the, the losing streak, everything that was a part of that. And how much that game meant for him to come in there. Obviously, you know, being as the number one overall pick, it was it was phenomenal. I mean, I I, don't, I can't think of any type of rookie debut or any debut of, of a quarterback or of any player in any sport really that, that had that feel to it, which was just like like 
I, I mean, I, it's, I have no words for how, how impressive that was and how big that was for this team. And I, I mean, because it legit, legitimately seems like, you know, other times we have quarterbacks coming in and it's like, oh, yeah, he looks good. He could be that guy or whatever. But, you know, it doesn't mean like in unimpressive fashion. This, I think, was like a big, huge stamp that goes, we have found our franchise quarterback. And that was the thing. And, and it, 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 for me, like you saw glimpses of this early in the preseason, the Giants game when he first, uh, you know, the, the first series was a, a quick one. But the next one, though, boom, play after play, head to the offensive coordinator, hand motioning, let's go, let's go, let's go. He plays at a, a quicker pace. Uh, I think the one thing that really stood out where, you know, versus Tyrod is I, I think Baker wins pre-snap. I think he realizes, okay, I've got four options on this play. Okay, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. It's going to come down to you or you. All right, let's stop the ball and roll. And it just seemed that he was that quick with it. And, you know, like I mentioned, he was you know, using parts of the field. And, look, David Njoku is still learning the position, but he can run down those seams and he can get behind a linebacker in front of a safety. And he's six foot five, 250 pounds and built like a Greek god. And Baker just basically put it into his gut, like you can't drop this. Here it is. Catch it. Yeah, I, you know, it's just his mind. You know, you could see you saw it in college. If, if you know, and it's obviously not as simple to kind of like prospect players in college because of like the weak, the lesser competition. But his mind flies at a much faster rate than a, a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL do, and. He's he's moves through his progressions. He can do stuff at the line of scrimmage. He sees all that stuff. He, he you saw it in that, that Giants preseason game where uh, you know he can't he threw a touchdown pass to Njoku at the back of the end zone. He, that was his fourth read, and he altered it in like in rapid succession. He went you know went from one to two to three to four. Boom, hit him and put it in the exact right spot it needed to be. And he does this on time and time again. And you saw it in, in the game. He was thrown into the fire. Two minute warning. Uh, two-minute drill, uh, and it was able to do it. Obviously, he had the, the fumble. He needs to, you know, it wasn't a flawless performance by any means. He had that fumble, and he had a, an you know interceptable ball in the back of the end zone, um, you know, in the third quarter. But his his ability to just to dissect the defense, see what's going on, and move through his progressions and find the open guy is is really impressive. Um, especially such so young. I mean, obviously we're, we're gushing about a guy that's just, you know, played one half of football in the NFL. He's going to have hiccups down the road. Obviously that's going to happen, but um, I think it's, it's, he's a guy that's just going to be able to get the ball to the playmakers uh, where they, it needs to be. He showed that in college. He's so he's showing it uh, obviously in just in one half of football so far. And that's the thing though. But the thing is though, is at the pace he works with and the success rate he does have, and this is, you know, and everybody kind of got on me. They're like, well, Jeff, it was a monsoon week one. You're being a little too hard on Tyrod Taylor. But I was like, look, I can deal with Tyrod Taylor's couple of mistakes, but we're not getting a return. Baker Mayfield, we're going to deal with some mistakes, but we're going to get a return. So if we're going to tie, we're going to lose, maybe just do it with the guy you drafted one overall. And, you know, maybe, you know look, you know, your plan is your plan. But who are we kidding here? We, we know where this is headed. You know, how quickly is it headed? Obviously, it got dictated by an injury, which, it, it, you know, it, it, it's you know it's terrible for Tyrod. You know, Tyrod is the good soldier. He's always been the good soldier everywhere he goes. But, you know, 
there's only so long you can wait on what on a guy that you truly feel is the goods. But I do want to go next here. Um, I know you guys. Uh, week one uh, with Desmond Harrison, the grade it came it maybe got a little. You know, some people went and sat down together. Some of the guys who evaluate, and you know, and that's all fine and good. It, it, I don't want to create any friction anywhere. Um, obviously, penalties do create an issue here. Obviously, when it comes to a grading, but Desmond Harrison, we're seeing some steady progression. Is is he getting better? Is the game slowing down? What What are you seeing, John? Because uh, I guess he was up almost what thirty points from his week one grade with his week three grade. Yeah. So you know, look at the. You know, to, to talk about that week one grade, I mean, we it's not just about the, the pass blocking. The pass blocking was, was okay in that game. He gave up some pressures in the sack, but it wasn't that he got, like, destroyed off the ball. Um, he was more a technique issue where he was getting beat, like, in small amounts uh, on those pressures that he gave up. They were late pressures. Uh, one time he, he was pass-setting back into Tyrod Taylor before he even engaged in, in I think it was Bud Dupree. So, like, there it was technique issues. I think it was... Like you said, the game the game was maybe a bit too fast for him, and the things have slowed slowed down for him. Uh, he was better in, in week two, uh, and he was again a lot better this past week against the Jets. He still gave up, you know, some pressures, but he's not getting destroyed off the ball. Uh, he's not making these these mental mistakes or anything like that. So um, definitely, he's he's looking a lot more comfortable. And then obviously, when when uh, Baker got in there, it just it obviously would look better because the ball is getting out on time. So he wasn't, you know, that helps any player to is be able to get the ball out on time. So it doesn't look like the offensive line is, is you know, giving up pressures or getting beat and stuff like that. Because they're still getting the essentially the beat. If, you know, if they're not getting pressure, they might be getting beat. So we're charting that. But the thing is, he's doing a really good job. I think he's he's settling into the role. The run blocking is, has really improved over the past two weeks. Um, and so I think, you know, for him – uh, just to keep progressing, he's he's going to have the hiccups and ups and downs. But you know, the week one game, big time, the majority of his grade that was bad was because of the run blocking and the, the penalties. And so we take the penalties in consideration. I, other people won't, but you know that's part of it and that's part of the grade. So yeah. And and, and the one thing you were able to see though, you know, he had a better grade. Most of the offensive line seemed to progress a little bit, and that's when he can actually get a little running game going. But also, it's the benefit of having a quarterback who can burn you when Baker Mayfield was in there, as opposed to Tyrod Taylor, and it opens up some running lanes and makes it a little easier. And, you know, we're starting to see that maybe this offensive line could be pretty good. I mean, there was the makings of a really good offensive line. You lost a guy like Joe Thomas, very difficult to replace. But maybe now, you know, you can get a a, five, a group of five who can perform as a functional unit I just want to get to the skill guys, John. Um, Antonio Callaway, I mean, look, Jarvis, obviously, what we're seeing here we like. You know, David Njoku, maybe an incomplete right now is the way I would put it right now because maybe now we can start to get a little bit better with a guy who can maybe utilize what David can do. But Antonio Callaway, I mean, it was it was blatantly obvious on the one route, but Antonio Callaway, is, he's kind of hit the ground running as far as He's able to create separation. It's going to be a fun guy to see because you think for this, you know, with Josh Gordon no longer here, Antonio Callaway, uh, you know, I think of Marquise Brown, I think of D.D. Westbrook. Bakers always excel with these type of guys, and hopefully Antonio is going to be that one. Yeah, I think, you know, you look at the, the 200 thrown deep balls that he had in that a game against uh, the Jets, 
you know, those are throws that I would expect Baker to hit. He's he's incredibly accurate on on throwing those deep passes. Guys get by, open behind the defense. It's like throwing it against Big Twelve competition. So I, you know, Baker has uh, good success doing that. You know, throwing those types of routes. Um, so you know, I expect Callaway's numbers to, to just take a big increase because of that. Because they're going to be much more catchable balls that he's going to be getting. Um, you know, obviously he's shown that speed. He has an understanding of of running routes um, and getting open and using the defender's leverage against himself. Uh, to create that separation, even without the speed, like because you know you can have all the speed in the world. You know we saw that with um, you know with John Ross, Corey Coleman. These guys have Darius Hayward on. Bay. Yeah, these guys just don't catch on because they've always relied on just pure speed. Uh, but when you when you have the speed, but also can match the route running with it, um, that just takes you to another level. And, and he has that. And obviously, guys, as we progress forward here where we can expect more of the passing offense. We want to see more from Antonio Callaway, Rashard Higgins, you know, tight ends. Hopefully Duke Johnson finally finds a way onto the radar. So no kidding. It's, it, I mean, it's the weirdest thing with Duke Johnson. I mean, here's a guy you handed an extension to and just like, well, all right, we'll, we'll use him maybe one day if we need you. Strange, John, just strange. Yeah, and I have him on three fantasy teams. I'm just like holding on just for the – hope that he like somehow you know breaks out because he's a guy that had caught you know led the or at least was in the top three of running backs and targets and catches last year i, I don't know exactly where he was ranked but he was you know one of, one of the best receiving running backs in the nfl i think he finished so I, top 20 ppr last year so it's just weird that all of a sudden i mean and it just seems weird that carlos hyde came in as the oldest guy of the group and it was just like all right i mean because it's not like he, i mean you didn't bring in emmett smith for god's sakes yeah, you know, you look at Todd Haley's, I guess, track record, which makes sense that he tends to like to give the guy the ball to one guy. Obviously, you just look at, at Le'Veon Bell, and that that's a guy that you just never take off the field anyways. But still, it's you know, he's he's so set in his ways of, or at least used to that way, that perhaps it's it's getting to get got to get used to that kind of a uh, running back type by committee approach. So maybe it's going to take a little bit of time, and he'll he'll emerge. You know, mid mid season, but uh, he definitely needs to get the ball more. That's just for sure. Well, and also maybe uh, with ten days off and Baker Mayfield, who knows this job is his now. Maybe it's kind of a hey, what can we do here? And you, you know, Baker's got to be chirping in his ear every second of every day. What can we do? What do we got to go in? So it's a fun thing to see, and you know, obviously a lot of excitement here as we move on forward. Guys, you know, as uh, I've taken over this podcast well over a year now. Uh, you guys, a lot of football advice I'm asked for. I can give good fantasy advice. I can give good football advice. I can give my takes. Betting advice, look, what I can tell you is my opinion. I can't guarantee you you're going to win. What I can guarantee you is if you use a site, which is a solid site for your betting needs, they'll be the ones to take care of you. That's why I recommend MyBookie.com. They've been in business for years. They have great online reviews, and their mobile site is extremely easy to use. I would only recommend a site that's been good to me in the past. So that's the only reason I would read, recommend MyBookie.com to you guys. Um, so MyBookie.com, you win, they pay. It's simple enough. They have in-game, live betting, over-under on fantasy points, which is a fun thing to do for Thursday nights or for Monday nights. It, look, guys, you, most likely you got a game in there, and you, either you're trying for high points for the U, or V-League 
or you need you're trying to steal a win. So whether or not they're predicting you guy for 13 points and you need 16, well, double up. Either you lose twice or you win twice. Go ahead, have some fun with it. Um, the best thing about my bookie right now is they are very very busy with new customers. So if you will go ahead and register with mybookie.com after 7 p.m. Eastern, they will give you a free $25. But here, always with MyBookie.com, guys, since they've been with the Lockdown Network, they will match your initial deposit dollar for dollar. So if you now create your account after 7 p.m. Eastern, if it's 100, it's 225. If it's 150, you will now have 325, if you see where I'm going with this. So go ahead. Um, new, locked on, uh, new promo code uh, with the addition of the $25. Capital L locked, capital O on 25, locked on 25. MyBookie.com, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.com, just like it sounds. MyBookie.com, you play, you win, you get paid. You know what's an interesting segue for that? Is that if you have a PFF Elite subscription, you get access to PFF Greenline, which is our our gambling product. It has all the spread picks, has the over-unders, the money line. And we partner with MyBookie as well. And you can find, look at, see the lines, the spreads, and our, our, our picks from our data guys and use MyBookie. It has a link right through there for, so you could do that. See, guys, look, some of these sites, everybody gets along. It's kind of fun how that works out, right? <laughs> it definitely is, but I use it too, so. Of course we do. I, my, my favorite day is Thanksgiving. But we're going to get to the defense. My favorite day is Thanksgiving because you get three games. That's my favorite day to bet. You got three games. You got an ant chewing in your ear who may have had one too many, you know, old fashions. And for me, because I go to two different places, and then I go see my mom, and it's, well, can you do this? Can you take the garbage out? Your father doesn't breathe so good. The garbage can's got to go out to the streets. Mom, no problem. We'll take care of it all. We'll take care of it all. Let me at least have some money going on that day. Uh, but, John, we're going to get here to the defensive side of the ball. And first things first, this defensive line and these two guys specifically, Larry Ogunjobi, Miles Garrett. This is, if you're going to build a defensive line, this is what you're looking for. Young, athletic dudes who will play every snap you ask them of, and they seem with each, you know, you go look at them from month to month, and they seem to add a little bit more to the repertoire. And it, it's really fun to watch. They're scoring well. They're producing well. It's, it, that's how you build a defensive line. And this is where this league is headed, If it, whether it's Jacksonville and so many other teams. You want that strong defensive line, and you can always find the guys to put in behind them. Yeah. So, Miles Garrett, Gennardi Avery, we didn't even talk about Larry Ogunjobi. Uh Fantastic players playing out of their, their minds so far this year. Uh, great rushing the passer. Great, uh, you, you saw Gennard Avery make a great play in, in coverage, uh, breaking up a pass. Um, versatile guys that you know both good against the run and and rushing the passer. Um, you know, Gennard Avery is a guy that I really like coming out of college. I you know even in our I, PFF mock, I, I, I don't I know drafted. anybody else, but everybody Brown Browns wise seem to love Gennard Avery. Yeah, I and I don't know why or how he was able to slip through because he probably didn't have a true position. Is this it? But he's an athletic, you know, phenom. You know, probably not phenom like Miles Garrett, but he's an athletic freak and it had monster production and was just a pure 
player. Like he had the instincts. He 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 was a football player, and that's what you want. And especially if you're going to take a fifth round flyer on a guy, like take one on a guy that has you know mo- you know monster production. He had graded extremely well for us, and obviously can get after the passer and make a lot of plays. So it's you know the Browns are really you know you, you know, talk about how they built this team and this defense. It's finally coming together. And it's really paying off. Obviously, Denzel Ward now coming in and, and rounding it out in the secondary. It's it's fun for, to to watch these guys, grade these guys, and and do all the charting because it's they're just constantly making plays. Um, yeah, and there's not a there's not a real good way to defend against it. You know, to put you know for pass protection or or blocking them because they can come from all different uh, angles. Yeah, and the one guy I do want to get to here though. Um, actually, I want to get to a couple of guys in the secondary. But, and the fun thing with Avery is, you know, Emmanuel Agba, and I, I know he graded pretty well for you guys last year. Right now, it's more of a getting, you know, there's being able to play healthy and there's being 100%. I don't think we've seen 100% of Emmanuel Agba yet. So if he's got to sit yet another week, I'm okay with it because you want him at 100% because you think of a, a D-line in nickel and dime situations of Avery on the outside, Agba in the middle, whether it's La- if you, if you want Larry in, keep Miles outside, or you could bring a Chris Smith in outside and kick My- Miles inside. You've got a lot. You've got depth there, and it, it's exciting and it's fun to see. So I, I want to see how that keeps progressing. But for Emmanuel Agba, I want to see him back 100 percent because him at 100 percent last year before he got hurt was the defensive MVP of this team. But uh, Demarius Randall and Terrence Mitchell. There was a lot of talk about how this number two cornerback position was going to play out. Terrence Mitchell has been able to create a ton of turnovers. Demarius Randall, in addition to playing well at his position, is able to put Jabril Peppers in a position to do what he does best, play a pseudo-linebacker with defensive back athletic ability. So go ahead, John, talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, you know, for talking about Terrence Mitchell, he's a guy that I was – highly critical of that signing all off season and he's done nothing but prove me wrong so far and I'm it's it's nice to feel that, that way. Exactly. Exactly. People think yeah. We get upset about that, but you know, it's nice to be proved wrong. Yeah, I mean like, you know, it's like when you do evaluate players coming out of college and it doesn't matter where they go, you know, you don't if you down, you know, put a guy down as like, you know, seventh rounder or whatever, you think he's not going to make it in the NFL. I mean, you hope that these guys prove you wrong, you know, because you a you learn from it, and and b like these are this is their livelihood. So you don't ever root against guys to to you know fail in the NFL. So obviously, as a as a guy that came to the Browns, you know, I have much more incentive for this guy. I'd like him to succeed and, and play well. And so that's you know, I love it. I'm loving it that he's he's proving me wrong. Uh, obviously, it's early in the season and everything like that, so you want to see him continue to play at a high level, make, you know, forcing turnovers, making tackles, not missing uh, a lot of tackles, and just being really close in coverage. So um, that has been a real good surprise for me. Uh, and then, yeah, the addition of Demarius Randall to be able to play that free safety position to allow Peppers to play all over the place. And you can even put Peppers deep and put Randall in the slot or wherever it may be. Uh, so there's just a lot of versatility there that I really like because, you know, the, the the reason for playing Peppers deep last year, I mean, maybe not the reason, but a good reason and a, a good outcome of that is that now Peppers is actually comfortable playing deep if he has to or if he needs to, as opposed to 
all right, now we have to put him back here because of out, out of necessity. He doesn't have the experience. We're going to get burned. You know, now he has that experience. So he's, he was getting better towards the end of last year in that free safety role. But the thing is, now you can just move him all over the place because of the pieces that they do have. Randall, you know, rounding out the back end. Then you can have Kindred up in a box and have him roaming around because he's not a guy that you want deep. He's a guy you want in the box playing like basically like a pseudo uh, Jabril Peppers role. Maybe not quite as versatile, but a guy that's really, you know, really strong in the box. So love what they can do with the safeties slash slot positions with these guys. Hopefully BBC can make some, you know, get some more playing time because he's a guy that I really like, uh, even though he struggled week one. So, you know, there's a lot of versatility there that I like. Well, and the th- biggest, I think the biggest thing with Peppers is was getting him closer to the line of scrimmage. I think he needed some confidence back. And now you can drop him back to free safety. Because he needed to realize that he's he's okay here. He's okay on this level. He's he's worthy of being an NFL starter. And I think that's what Jabril Peppers needed because they put him... And look, you look at Michigan, he was outside, it didn't work. He was deep, it didn't work. They put him closer to the line of scrimmage. And sometimes you need a, a taste of success before they ask you to do something that you're kind of uncomfortable with and you don't succeed in. But you play, if you're playing with confidence, it's a lot easier to do something that you are not familiar with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and he didn't have a true position at Michigan. He comes to the NFL and they, they put him into something. But, yeah, he he struggled all, you know, as a rookie until the end of the season. But giving him that, that success and uh, at least put him in a position that he is comfortable in and having success is a confidence booster because every player – plays better when they, than they have that confidence. It doesn't matter what position it is. Um, if you can put a guy in, in a position where he's comfortable, he plays with confidence and he's going to make plays for you. So playing a guy out of position, um, you'll, you see it all the time where, you know, coming from college to the NFL, and, and this shows it in our grades too, is that if you can, if you have a guy that, you know, a cornerback that played inside in the slot and he moves to the next level and he they move him to the outside, He's going to struggle, but like what, from what our grades have shown, that if you can keep that guy a slot cornerback and move him to slot cornerback, he's going to be much more successful. Just on a on an average, obviously on a case by case basis, it could be different. But you know, typically what the numbers have shown is that you keep a guy at the same position, doesn't matter where it is on the football field. I'm just giving a cornerback as a, as an example. That person is going to play with the confidence because he he's familiar with that position. So you're right, like just. Peppers was able to have a confidence boost of playing and playing well, and now he's playing free and able to to make plays like, you know, what he was expected to out of you know coming out as a first round pick last year. Exactly, you're getting the return on that investment, guys. You're listening to Locked On Browns. John Costco here from P, uh, Pro Football Focus joining us here, breaking down some grades, talking about the Browns. Obviously, you know the the Baker mania. It's been let out of the cage, so we're looking forward to where this franchise can go. Um, guys, uh, Locked On College, um, I've gotten a lock, lot of new subscribers and a lot of new listeners. Um, Locked On Sooners has probably brought them to me. So, you know, Oklahoma fans that have come to the show, I appreciate that. But Locked On College, whatever team you follow, go ahead, dig them up. If they're not there yet, they will be up soon. But Locked On College, tons and tons, and they're being added every week. So go ahead, check them out. John, now we're going to peek a little bit ahead and... Now here we are. It's look. I don't care what the spread of the game is. This is a winnable game, 
But look, if we've learned anything from the NFL is never to expect what is expected. Buffalo Bills, if you needed a reminder, there was one yesterday as they went into Minnesota and just basically whitewashed a team that, you know, had a legitimate shot as the Super Bowl last year. But, John, uh, headed to Oakland, uh, you know, maybe traded away a foundational piece, I understand. Um, it's it's weird that a, a first-year head coach would, you know, want to move on from one of his top players, but John Gruden, John Gruden choose to go that path. Uh, how's the team grading out? Is there, in, as far as it, with the PFF focus, is it better? Is it worse than it looks on paper? And then the other thing is, how's that guy doing who got traded to Chicago? Yeah, so from from a grading standpoint for the team as a whole, it's, it's actually grading out okay. It's not terrible. Um, but, you know, you don't, they don't have a difference maker uh, on defense. They just simply don't. So they do miss that piece that is Khalil Mack, who's grading out as, as one of the best uh, edge defenders in the NFL. He has the most pressures of, in the NFL of any edge defender uh, so far this year. So obviously, you know, you've heard a quote that John, John Gruden said uh, last week or something that goes, oh, we need to fi- find ways to generate more pressure. You can't find pass rushers very, you know, that get after the quarterback, stuff like that. I, I don't know if he's trolling everybody or what he's doing with that, co- you know, saying those types of things. But. No, but I don't think he's capable of trolling. He's John Gruden. He would probably need to have defined to him what trolling is. Yeah, you're, you're probably right about that. But that's the thing is, like, so the, the defense isn't creating the pressure. Uh, they are grading out as one of the worst in terms of generating pressure. Uh, as, as a whole unit, um, 30th in the league actually in our grades. Um, but in terms of like just a, you know, they've had two winnable games that they, you know, they could have won, but obviously the past two weeks. So in the NFL, at any point, you know, it doesn't matter who it is, uh, you've got a team out there that can win games, especially with a, a quarterback like Derek Carr, who, you know, I used to saw week one where he really struggled, the next week where he, he almost, I think he set an NFL record for. Com- completion percentage in a game that like you know 93 or something like that so yeah and he was really good and they only lost it on um you know game-winning drive that they could have used a, a khalil mack you know type player to make a play at the end of the game against the broncos so <laughs> you know it, it, it and this is also a team that like you know with it, we're, we're always talking about miles garrett and gennard avery and lawyer and joby getting after the quarterback Derek Carr gets rid of the ball extremely quick. He's the second quickest or tied for the quickest to get rid of the ball at 2.28 seconds. So that ball is coming out fast. There's not going to be a lot of dropbacks for, uh, you know, for Garrett and, and Avery and Ogunjobi to get after Carr. So you're going to have to be really strong on the back end. Um, they do a lot of screens, bubbles. You saw they manufactured a lot of big plays this, this past weekend against the Dolphins where Jordy Nelson, of all guys, who – and if you watch him, he's clearly isn't as isn't as good or as fast as he used to be. Um, he he got run down by a linebacker, you know, on one of his big plays. So uh, this is a team that you know they they still have pieces that are that are good veterans that are gonna you know can make plays and know how to get open, know how to to win with their routes and stuff like that. So you know, zero and three. It's still an NFL team, and just like you saw with the Bills, who have a much worse team, they took the um, you know a Super Bowl contender to the woodshed last you know on Sunday. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. And then the fangs come out. I mean, there's always the, the wounded animal in the corner of the room. And, you know, I, I kind of thought the Raiders would maybe win Sunday. Maybe just not, uh, you know, enough bullets or guns in the in the holster. And it, it fell apart late. But somebody's going to lose to the Raiders. Um, not a lot of teams go on 16. Cough, cough. Yeah. <laughs> but John, um, you and the guys at PFF, obviously phenomenal work. So let everybody know what you can check out, what you guys got in store here, and you know, for people who aren't subscribers, go ahead, give them a quick, give them a quick sell. Yeah, so take a look at profootballfocus.com, and you can see all the stuff that we have out there. We have our news zero to one hundred grades. Well, the the premium stats two point are are up. We've re- we've revamped the the grading. Uh, and how we present that uh, great product. So if you want to get a piece of that action, you can you know check out that at, at PFF Elite. Um, I have on my Twitter account at John Costco three uh, a discount that'll give you fifteen percent off of uh, PFF Elite. Or if you just wanted to use the Edge package, which will get you still get you the grades, but it won't get you the the glorious premium stats that will get you the signature stats and the breakdown of of how players are grading out, um, but it will, you know, it'll still get you the the fantasy stats and stuff like that that you want to get. So, profootballfocus.com. Check out my Twitter account where I, you can get a discount uh, for fifteen percent off. And yeah, it's and like we were talking about the Green Line product earlier. That's with Elite. That'll get you the all the betting edges that you can possibly get. Um, the lock of the week that the guys have put out there. Uh, is historically done at about 68, 70% correct against the spread. So that's that's a pretty high number when you're talking about against the spread. So check it out. Uh, make some money that way, fantasy wise and and betting wise. Guys, uh, as always, you know, follow everybody over PFF. Follow John Costco. We're gonna try to make this a regular thing. But John's got young kids. I got young kids. As long as we can pencil it in, <laughs> I want to put John in the rotation. So, you know, we have our post-game coverage. You know, Jake Burns here doing film breakdown. You know, obviously John here for PFF stuff. It's, you know, we're trying to set it up. But look, at the end of the day, we all have lives otherwise. But we want to keep it that way. Um, guys, follow the uh, Lockdown Browns podcast. Subscribe, download, follow it on Twitter. We keep it a follow-back account. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Guys, I, my excitement is high and when I took this over a year ago and maybe I was wrong at the time but I felt this was headed to the greater good there's there's a lot going on here and there's only so long that some of these upper echelon AFC teams can last I'm not saying buy Super Bowl tickets for February of 2019 but look you know Pittsburgh obviously tonight so far to this point when we're recording looking better you know New England's got their struggles you want to have the young nucleus and start moving forward from there. And there's a lot to like with this Browns roster. I'm excited. I, I, everybody, each guest seems to come on. And, you know, they almost kind of have like a little laugh to them. Like, wow, we're excited. And they've all been Browns-wise a lot longer than me. So if these guys have a little chuckle that they're excited about it, you should maybe listen to them. So, guys, we will talk tomorrow. Uh, next episode uh, is crossovers, uh, crossover Wednesdays. I've already been in touch with the Raiders guy. We're going to do good stuff for you there. Um, I think he, he, it seems from what I've already talked to, thinks that uh, the Raiders are going to get taken to the woodshed once again. So it's nice to see somebody on the other end of the spectrum. But let's go Browns, LGB on the LOB. 
We'll talk tomorrow night, guys. Bye.